0: Winkley's scoop on Stacey Abrams caused quite a stir. But does either side really understand what it's all about? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice, on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Every Saturday from 3 to 6 is my normal time slot, but uh, today we are on Sunday noon to 1. That's not a lot of time, but we've got a lot to pack in. And actually, we're going to pick up where we left off last week. Last week, my producer here, Binkley, made a shocking revelation about Stacey Abrams. And to me, the most shocking part of it was that it hadn't come out yet that it was waiting there in the wings, all the attention, all the journalism, all the campaigning, and there was this this little piece of information that's really interesting to the left or the right, just waiting to be discovered. And through Binkley's hard work and painstaking uh, research, which Binkley and I have been digging deep on both Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp All year, throughout this election cycle, we uh, uh, dug into Stacey's backstory, her international institutional relationships and internships, her deep connections with the kind of globalist high cabal. We went into Brian Kemp's history as uh, Secretary of State, which (laughs) one of my favorite guests, Uh, Garland Favorito, voter GA, had actually filed a criminal complaint against him um, for his conduct during the 2016 election. Whether uh, what happened then was corruption or incompetence, we'll never know because the prosecutors did not choose to investigate, which it was, but it was one of those things. So we've really been digging deep on both of these candidates. We have four or now five candidates. WSB shows on podcasts that you can listen to if you want all the great research uh, that we have done on this. Binkley and I have both tweeted this out at Freedom Act Radio, at Monica Perez Show. Look through our recent tweets and and get all of those. Uh, So in our continuing research, Binkley has gone through basically everything, articles and audio that he could find on Stacey and her very politically active family to just kind of color in, flesh out what's really going on. So last week, he uh, brought to us a, um, an excerpt from a sermon her mother made where, where the mom reveals that Stacy burned the Georgia state flag on the Capitol steps in uh, 1992, maybe 1993 was then that time frame. And uh, for me, you know, it's weird that she doesn't talk about that. And there's a reason for that, it seems uh, there the that flag had a um, very prominently displayed Confederate battle flag in there that was introduced to the Georgia flag in 1956. I think it's widely accepted, and I accept it, that it was a, a reaction to the desegregation efforts at that time. So uh, it's a good thing that the flag was should was changed, but uh, it seems that her efforts actually derailed that process and did not foster that. And and Binkley's got even more on that backstory. But I have to say, I need to give him a chance to correct the record because the this uh uh his revelation last week was totally... it actually reached the level of the mainstream media, the national media, but but it was misreported. It's quite a good lesson in in um how how the media is spun. So Binkley, first of all, how are you, Binkley?
1: I'm fantastic. How are you?
0: (laughs) Was it not, did you get any heat from your liberal friends who think that you're uh, Brian Kemp's mole?
1: Oh, I I don't think they know yet, but I'm sure I probably will.
0: Yes, well... uh... It's annoying because on that very show last week, we had the libertarian candidate, Ted Metz, who's uh, that I always vote libertarian if that's an option. And if it's not, I'll write it in if I can. And um, and we also had Garland Favorito, who did all that work on Kemp and who just recently today or last week, a few days ago, released a press release on how. What Brian Kemp is doing with this exact matching in the registration, which Stacey Abrams and her gang are decrying, Garland said, yes, they're right, he does not need to do that so we we're not chilling for him or anybody else, but uh you certainly that is the kind of heat I bet you've gotten for uh for what you brought on Stacy, but that happens to be what's what you found this week so what so what did the you first noticed this came out, what, in the New York Times? Was that where you saw it first?
1: Well, I found it myself.
0: Yes, no, no, I know, but I mean that the New York Times reported on this story last week after our show. On
1: Monday. Our show was on Saturday, and then on Monday, the New York Times came out, and they claimed that details of Abrams' involvement in the 1992 flag burning began to emerge on social media on the eve of the debate, which is 100% false. It, emerged from us two days earlier and the example well we that, hadn't
0: had a show in a while because we get preempted during football yeah. so it's not it had nothing to do with the debate it was just the first opportunity since you found it
1: exactly yeah right? i actually found it a few weeks ago yeah yeah they said that the image of Stacey abrams standing up there with the flag while they're burning it uh started to pop up on social media they they cited the exact thing that i cited on our show but they just said it popped up on social media. And then they also happened to leave out most of the important details that we talked about during that show.
0: Well, and they allowed, if I recall correctly, and, and everybody on her team, including her, spun it in a in a in a way that made it look noble, which uh, yeah. you know, for the record, I have I uh, I had a great caller, regular listener, Brett, used to call me all the time. He was an Iraq war veteran. And he said, "Look, in play real libertarian, he said in places where uh, you you don't the government doesn't allow you to burn the flag. I mean, that's you're done. <laughs> like you need to be able to." Conduct peaceful protests and even say things in in my mind. you should even be able to say things that make people, you know even that offend people and not be physically stopped from doing that. My problem isn't with her burning the flag and my problem isn't with changing the flag. It's that that uh, uh, it seems, and I think you are now ready to able came up with some real evidence smoking gun evidence about it that she slowed down the effort. To change the uh, to change the flag, doing this for I would say cynical political uh, uh, purposes in her path to power at the age of nineteen, which she has said referred to numerous times as a going back to uh, her her really elite involvement in the Telluride program as a high school student, where she where she plotted out her path for decades going forward. And she also refers to when she was 19, getting a powerful position in the mayor's office after, right after she led protests in the Rodney King um, demonstrations, which I don't know if hers, but a lot of them did turn riotous and this, and this activism, it seemed part of her plan.
1: Yeah. And she's had a spreadsheet since she was a freshman in college mapping out what she wants to do, when she wants to do it, and she's a very calculated person. And her family uh, are activists. They have been since they were teenagers. Or parents have know, been. But, to, you
0: know, to describe it as activism... On the one hand, yes, but on the other hand, they all end up, every one of them seems to have ended up in a position of institutional power, very establishment. And so the way I look at it is the radical activism is actually promoting this kind of world government, globalist uh, uh, um, you know, transformation that isn't really about grassroots or the little guy or any of that. And it, it it's not it's the natural progress of the establishment to have more and more centralized power uh, at all levels, all the way straight up to what ultimately would be a world government. And and her internships that uh, are, are all of that ilk, like one of our previous podcasts, I went really into it. She's a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. She uh, was- an age next...
1: 30, she was.
0: Yeah, she was a term member and then she went to a full member, right? Yeah. Yeah, very young. She is a next gen fellow of the American Assembly at Columbia on US global policy and the future of international institutions. She's an American Marshall Memorial Fellow an American Council of Young Political Leaders fellow out of the Department of State. She's a Council on Italy fellow. She's a British American Project fellow. She's a Salzburg Seminar Freeman fellow on U.S.-East Asian relations. She's a Salzburg Seminar fellow on youth and civic engagement and a UCOS fellow for U.S.-Russian relations, which is defunct, but we did a whole show on that because they were actively engaged in, I would say, political subversion in Russia for which they were called out. And big trouble ensued. That's one of the podcasts we did, I think, the one in July. So if you don't, I mean, and then she did the Ford Foundation stuff. And of course, the Telluride thing is what launched her. But she was trained how to use activism and, and this kind of stuff in order to further, you know, these are, this is the resume of a pure internationalist, a globalist, and it's highly institutional.
1: Yeah, she very much <laughs> follows the Vladimir Lenin, Saul Alinsky community organizing activism guide. I mean, and to what's, a T.
0: The, what's the end goal there?
1: The concentration of power.
0: <laughs> but the thing is, it's 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 the continuation and concentration of power in the hands of the powerful that are um, that are directing these. Uh, You know, that put those paths in place that help like this is pure. This is using the establishment and they are going to want it back there. They there's it's a give and take is what I'm saying. You know, this isn't about overturning the structure of society.
1: Yeah. Everything she's doing, in my opinion, is auditioning to be president and.
0: Including her Freudian slip, which was, this is my path to the White House. I mean, um, the governor's mansion. And, And that's what I think is
1: important for people to understand is she could satisfy the needs of every Georgian. But if she doesn't make the people who are funding her and putting her in these positions to have these opportunities, she won't get an opportunity to run for president. She could satisfy none of the needs of people in Georgia. But if she satisfies those people who can put her in those positions to run for president, she will be able to run for president.
0: Yeah, and when push comes to shove, she has uh, she's supported legislation from the Hope Scholarship to the anti-panhandling stuff. That shows that it's really about answering to whoever uh, you know is calling the shots. I assume. I assume it's not a consistent ideology. But I really want you to get into after the break what the. Um, What the reaction was at the time when she burned the flag and she takes credit for contributing to the success of the effort to change the flag. But I think that you can demonstrate that she detracted from that effort (laughs) in a big way. So let's get right to that after the break. This is Monica Perez.
2: Monica Perez. Evil does seek to maintain power by suppressing the truth. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
0: I love that. My latest new rejoin, Spock, one of my favorites. I
1: thought that sounded like
0: Spock. Yeah, and you you know how much I love Spock. I love Spock. Not as much as I love Spock. But uh, I'm the only girl I had a crush on Spock instead of Kirk. <laughs> Anyway, this is Monica Perez, and uh, we are talking about serious stuff. We're talking about the uh, gubernatorial candidates, specifically Stacey Abrams this week, because last week, Binkley uncovered some uh, information about her having burned the flag during this period when uh, the flag was a 1956 flag. It was a response to desegregation, so I think it's a good thing the flag was changed. But what she did, I think, was for personal reasons, and Binkley's gonna bring that out for us, but what when he showed when he brought this out last week, only then was uh, was it in the in the political discussion. This was information that but for Binkley would not have come out. And then immediately thereafter, when the, the debate this week opened with a question to Stacey Abrams about that. And uh, and her answer I think is quite Interesting. Let's hear it, Binkley.
2: 26 years ago, as a college freshman, I, along with many other Georgians, including the governor of Georgia, were deeply disturbed by the racial divisiveness that was embedded in the state flag with that Confederate symbol. I took an action of peaceful protest. I said that that was wrong. And 10 years later, my opponent, Brian Kemp, actually voted to remove that symbol.
1: Okay, that was her response. And then her campaign responded by saying... It was ultimately successful after after the flag burning. Ultimately, the flag ended up getting changed, seemingly implying that she played a major role in getting the flag changed.
0: Okay. So uh, we have to take another break. So I don't want to – we can't dive in. But I think the fact that she pointed out that 10 years later – the flag got changed there's a story there mm-hmm. what why why did it take 10 years if she was responsible for it? what was she doing 10 years after what what happened why didn't why did it, why didn't people answer right away let's uh dig into this story a little bit more right after the break this is monica perez
2: monica perez everything you do is being watched by some all-seeing eye on news 955 and am 750 wsb
0: I am your libertarian voice on WSB and so much more. (laughs) Maybe more than a little TMI. People are uncomfortable by some of the stuff that we've been coming out with on uh, Stacey Abrams and, and Brian Kemp before her. So it's not about partisanship, but it is about trying to understand when people give you a lot of hope that this is different. You know, that's what Trump did. That's what Obama did. It's all about, you know preserving political faith by bringing you somebody who makes you think, even though I've seen it all before, even though uh, I know the politicians are all full of it, even though they never end up, things never end up getting better. Somehow someone always comes along that you're like, oh, but this one is different. Well, this one is different, actually. (laughs) She's different because she's... um, she, she's a big player, and she's gonna be a big player. But it's important, I think, to understand where uh, where she's coming from and where she's going. So last week, when my producer here, Binkley, came up with the story, found the information that she had uh, burned the flag in 1992, the Georgia state flag, on the Capitol steps it, 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 during a time when that flag. Which had a Confederate, uh, the Confederate battle flag on it, and and came into being during uh, a reaction to desegregation. Why? So it's totally valid that it got changed. It did get changed. Why hadn't she been bragging about that? Why wasn't she talking about how she led the charge into? I think every, I I would say, the majority of people in Georgia right now, by far, vast majority, uh, are. uh, happy with the change she even said in her debate answer on monday that brian kemp her opponent voted for the flag change 10 years later so you gotta ask why doesn't she brag why did it take 10 years and uh and binkley i think you you have continued to dig into this story uh take it from there
1: yeah that's the question i would have liked to have seen asked at the debate We understand that you played a role in this, but why haven't you been talking about it? Because if it's true what you say, that you played a role in getting the flag changed, then this would be the most shining example of what you've already accomplished for Georgia. So why have you never mentioned it on your website, in any of your speeches, and why do you overlook that fact when you're describing your Spelman experience in your book? And nobody asked her that. Instead, everybody just assumed that she did something virtuous. But the reality is that all those people— who were trying to change the flag, including Governor Zell Miller, they did not want the flag burning because they believed it was going to cause divisiveness, and they even told them this will make it harder for us to change the flag if you continue doing this.
0: And and it did, right?
1: Yeah. Ultimately, so, Zell yeah. Miller he gave a reason as to why he
0: So why don't you give us some you're you're making this claim and uh I how how do you know? Like what where do you have quotes from these people? What's the story? How do you know? Are you confident that it made it? What? Why do you think Zell Miller was, um, did not want them to burn the flag?
1: Well, Zell Miller, before her protest in May of 1992, he proposed legislation. He, was, he said that he was going to propose legislation that would return the flag back to the 1905 flag, removing that Confederate emblem.
0: The, I think it's called the 1902 flag, but it's oh. totally neutral, nice flag. I looked, at, I I actually, you know, looked read the wiki entry on the history of the Georgia state flag. I guess that constitutes research. But you got to see 1902 flag. There's nothing offensive about it.
1: And him and several black legislators were working together to try and get it changed. And they said that burning the flag would make it harder for them to drop that battle emblem. Because it was going to create increase racial tensions, and it is going to cause extremists to come out on both sides.
0: So he, uh, I did see a couple of quotes from him around that time. Did he address the, I can't remember, did he address the students directly or what?
1: Oh yeah, he wrote an open letter to the universities. Oh
0: yes, that that's right, yeah.
1: And in that open letter, he urged them, because they burned it the time that Abrams was involved, and then they burned it again about six months later, I believe. And the governor, he opposed both times, but the second time, he, he continued to urge them, please don't do this, because it's going to prevent us from being able to, to stop or being able to remove this emblem.
0: So the audio that you, uh, you sent me, which I think you have to play... Uh, of the flag burning, was that the one that Stacey Abrams was at, or was that the second one? No,
1: that's the one that Stacey Abrams was participating in.
0: Okay, so this is an audio. Can we play that clip? This audio is from 1992? Yeah. All right,
2: let's hear it. Burn, baby, burn! Let me read! Burn, baby, burn! Burn, baby, burn! Burn, baby, burn! Burn, baby, burn! The racist institutions that exist in this country, by any means necessary, by any means
0: necessary. By any means necessary. See, if burn baby burn refers to the flag, I'm fine with that. But if by saying by any means necessary, burn baby burn doesn't always mean the flag. If they're harkening back to the civil rights, it was not uh, era. Um, it wasn't just the flag that that referred to. And I here's my thing about the, the by any means necessary, which is a different way of saying the ends justify the means. And my problem with that is it's morality is inherently the means. It's the path you walk. It's how you behave. It's how you get to where you go, where you're going. And that's basically why we're, I think why we're here. This is, we are here to, uh, walk a path of righteousness. and I'm not even saying that from a religious point of view, it's about your behavior. And, and more than that, if what you care about is the ends uh, by any means, what you're saying is, I won't observe normal morality, and that ultimately means innocent people can get hurt, it's worth it. But then you have to say, why is it worth it? Are you trying to achieve justice in the end, for what, a greater number of people, or is it really a power structure that you're after, or personal power? Once you say, by any means necessary, you're, uh, in my mind, you're taking away the possibility that, that your behavior can be trusted, that you, can, that you have principles and ideology that's consistent with morality, which is about the path, in my opinion. That's the way I think about the idea of the ends justifying the means.
1: That's how Soolinsky talks about it. What does he say? The ends justify the means, and you only have morals and ethics when you are in control, basically
0: and here's the thing about the Soinsky thing that I thought was very interesting that you've brought up before. Never take yes for an answer, basically, yep, right yeah, so how did that um that was also a factor in this story
1: so There was action to try and change the flag. But Saul Alinsky talks about never fall into the trap of having your opposition give you what you want, because then that stops the activism cold.
0: Right. And what they were doing was what the what the legislation that was on a path to getting passed was this restoring the 1902 flag. Correct. Yeah. It's a very manageable thing. It eliminates all the racist stuff. Everybody can get on board with it. It doesn't. Uh, capitulate, or whatever. It was acceptable before. There's no reason not to have it again. It eliminates the problem and brings everybody together.
1: Right. And that's not what they want because without the crisis, which is what Saul Alinsky says you must have in order to mobilize masses of people and build your social army, you must have crisis and you must have conflict. And
0: and one of those people, one of her two partners in crime at that time said no, right?
1: Yeah. He said they they opposed the legislation outright and they called the black... Uh, politicians no, who agree with it. No,
0: quote. Don't. They, no. they called them... They don't. All right,
1: I, I won't say it, but but they called them um, some very kind of racist names. Yeah. Like Kanye West, the way they, that Kanye West is treated. Right. And ultimately, the flag, Governor Zell Miller, he gave up on the fight to remove the flag, to remove the battle battle emblem. He said, Today... Um, He's giving up his fight to remove the Confederate battle emblem from Georgia's flag because the effort was awakening extremist feelings and detracting from other legislative goals. I strongly believe that changing the flag is the right thing to do. However, extremists on both sides have complicated the issue beyond any solution.
0: So, and 10 years later, they did get a flag change, and the new flag, I thought, was... uh... As obnoxious as the old flag. It actually included the 1956 flag in it.
1: It still had that emblem on the flag. Which was
0: a complete failure. Right. Unlike the 1902 flag. And And then that did ultimately give way to a neutral flag, the flag we have now.
1: Yeah. So Abrams was touting that as an accomplishment, as a virtuous thing. Yet her group actually caused the governor to stop pursuing that while it gave Stacey Abrams many of the opportunities that has led, led her to where she is today.
0: Well, that I also found interesting is that her uh, she right after that and the Rodney King thing got a an internship or, or a job in the mayor's office at the age of 19 that she touts to this day as an important first step on her kind of spreadsheet path. Should we play that clip of of her talking about that job? You think that's worth it? Clip eight? It's
2: about creating commissions where people are abused with power. I mean, one of the reasons my experience at 19 led me to this opportunity is that someone hired me at the age of 19 to run a major program for the city of Atlanta. Having the ability to think through policy, to engage, to have The power of the city behind me when I would call someone and say, I need you to come to this meeting and they hear my younger, although my voice always sounded kind of old, but (laughs) if they would hear me, they showed up because I was able to say, I'm calling on behalf of the city of Atlanta.
0: See, when, but at that time, when she was actually 19, wasn't, didn't she have a quote that said something to the effect of they don't want to risk any more uh, unrest? Yeah. Something like
1: that. See, there's a group that she founded along with a couple of other guys, and they had 200 students that basically would follow whatever, the, whatever they did. And Abrams is quoted in an article in the AJC in 1992 as saying that they're talking about a committee, a student committee that the mayor is trying to uh, put into play. And Abrams says she knows that they're going to get the committee done because they don't want to risk having another May 1st incident happen.
0: Right, which, I mean, that,
1: that is that's, that's what it's all happens.
0: about. Huh? Yeah. That's Say when it? the
1: violence happened. It was May 1st.
0: Uh, 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 uh. But that's what it's all about. So it's not about getting the flag changed. They actually rejected the proposal of getting the flag changed and set the effort back because it was, it's better to have the divisiveness. It's better not for the people, not for the people, but for the people at the top. The people at the top of these movements and then they get absorbed they just want to place I think they want to place at the table a seat at the table that's part of their life plan yeah it's what fulfills them but but by any means necessary means that people get hurt along the way that it's not about a principle and ideology it's not about equality and justice so I think there there is something to it but I I want to add something Um Kind of uh, from our perspective, I hope you agree with me, Binkley. But if not, you could add your perspective uh, as we wrap it up right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica
2: Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB.
0: We are wrapping it up on this Sunday afternoon. So uh, I just want to kind of go back to where we started the show last week that caused uh, all this stir about Stacey Abrams' history. My entire position is I don't compromise with evil in voting the lesser of two evils. That's an expression that people use now more than ever about the Democrat-Republican duopoly and people will always vote the lesser of two evils. And I think what Binkley and I have demonstrated over this entire year, including in the primaries here in this gubernatorial race, is that if you really dig in, if you do your research, if you do your homework, if you hold people to the standards, not impossible standards, just regular ordinary standards of principle, you can disagree on ideology, you can even disagree strongly on important issues, but if the person has integrity, if if they're coming from Uh, a position where you can trust them understand them it's that is a compromise that is not the lesser of evils and and i think we have demonstrated that if you if you dig in you can you can tell the difference between people who uh are acting in good faith and people who aren't so what what's your do you agree with that binkley what's your takeaway yeah, there was
1: a coalition of people who were making progress towards changing the flag on both sides. Newt Gingrich on the right was on board. People were working across the aisle to get this done. And Abrams did an action where on the surface they were claiming to get the the, the battle emblem removed from the flag. But in reality, her actions prevented the people who were trying to make it happen from doing it. So the very cause that she claimed to stand for, she actually prevented from happening while in the process raising her own star and gaining power for herself.
0: Right. And I mean that's something that that people on the left should care about just like pe- I care when I hear stuff on the on the left right. I'm a libertarian. I People on the right think I'm on the left. People on the left think I'm on the right. But I care about integrity. There are plenty of fake libertarians out there. I did not vote for Gary Johnson and William Weld. Uh, Because if you stick to your guns, if you stick to integrity, if you do your research, if you evaluate people without looking at a D or an R, I mean, sometimes the, the positions can be exactly the same and people will strongly oppose because they don't like where the D or the R is. It just makes no sense. Anyway, let's wrap it up. You got you got something for me. You said you had a little surprise for me.
1: Yes, I do. I wanted to play you my favorite part of the debate. It, it perfectly illustrates how libertarians are treated all the time in the media. This is uh, Ted Metz getting asked. This was the second question that he was asked.
2: Greg Bluestein, we go back to you to ask Ted Metz a question.
1: Yeah, Mr. Metz, um, you've promised to cut spending by slashing what you call obsolete, inefficient, unnecessary, and unconstitutional agencies. What specifically would you eliminate, and what do you say to Georgians who dep- who might depend on their services?
2: Get another job. <phone rings> what is that noise?
0: Unfortunately,
2: one... we're experiencing an alarm here. <laughs> It's like the buzzer. Oh my Wheel gosh. of Fortune.
0: What do you say to people who are dependent on unconstitutional agencies? Uh, anyway, but that's it. That's all the time we got. That was that was really hilarious. That's how they treat the libertarian. That sounds sounds about right. Anyway, until next time. Thanks, Binkley. Uh, this is Monica Perez.